Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another captaincy video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. It's a very limited Game Week 29 in more ways than one. There's less games with only four taking place and also far less captaincy shouts. But there is one standout option arguably and a fair few differential options for the Maverick managers out there. My name is Joe and helping me to make sense of it all is David. David, welcome. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. As you said, a little bit uninspired, though, with this captaincy conversation this week, um, especially off the back of basically everybody we talked about last week. Pretty much everybody blanked, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I, I suppose, so I captained, in the end, I actually went for Fernandes. Just, um, I was kind of like the idea of um, looking at the fact that he tends to take up a slightly more advanced role when some of the key names ahead of him uh, aren't aren't so involved or fit. Uh, didn't pay off, but no. it sort of did against anyone who captained, say, Kane, because I got three points doubled up to six rather than two points doubled up to four. So small small margins and small victories. That's just this season in a nutshell. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I ended up captaining Salah. I, I was going to get rid of him, but I thought, oh, well, I'll keep him because of Wolves' defence. I mean, they did indeed concede. Um, but Salah, once again, you know, he's just not living up to that price tag. Um, and if I had got rid of him, I would have captained Fernandes, I think. Um and I probably would have got the likes of Aubameyang or Bale in, who would have got me even less points <laughs> than Salah. So, you know, we move on. Um, let's march on to game week 29. Well, let's have a look at these fixtures. Um, we've got four. We've got Fulham, Leeds, Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham, Arsenal, and Villa, Spurs. It's not massively inspiring. Um, nevertheless, there are potential gains for those with a free hit chip um, and also those who want to target some differentials. But we're going to talk about more than that in uh, the Scoutcast, which takes place tonight, which is Tuesday at 8 o'clock. So do watch that and, and you can watch that back during the week as well. But this is all about the captaincy. So, um, well, let's just start with the main one, really. I've just written in the notes, um, let's preempt the comments. We're all going to captain Harry Kane. Bye. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's, let's speak about more about why we're so interested in Harry Kane. Um, but is it is it that simple? Harry Kane or bust? I, 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 probably, yeah. I mean, um, just to give some additional context uh, before we get into some of the details of uh, of the whys. Um, yeah, the view of Captain Harry Kane is already quite widespread uh, based on the Fantasy Football Scout Captain poll mm. put up uh, yesterday, put up on Monday, and already Harry Kane is on 60% of votes, basically. Mm. And in second place is Aubameyang on 7.9%. So he has... He has an incredibly one-sided majority there, 
um, you know, uh, landslide victory. Yeah. Um, so at the very least, everyone's almost going to Captain Harry Kane like nuclear deterrent, right? You know, if, mm. if you don't Captain Harry Kane and he goes nuclear, then you're in trouble. Um, but there's, but that's not to say he's a bad option. You know, that's not to say that everyone's just doing it because everyone else is. Um, for me, the key here is actually the fixture itself is, is Villa. So um, I, I always like to have a look at the teams that have defended the worst over the last four matches mm-hmm. for these captaincy videos. And while Villa aren't the worst, they are technically the worst uh, of the teams that are playing this week. Um, sorting the whole division by expected goals conceded uh, from the last four matches. Um, Sheffield United, Burnley, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, West Brom, Southampton, Leicester are the bottom eight. <laughs> and then you get Villa. Hmm. So they're, they're ninth worst. But they are. The, but that is the worst of teams who are in action this week. Um, when you also look at big chances conceded over the same period, it's seven. And the teams that have conceded more than them are West Brom, Newcastle, Everton, Southampton, Wolves, Burnley, Sheffield United, all not playing. So, as I said, they are the joint, they're joint worst with, actually, ironically enough, Fulham, Leeds and Arsenal, yeah. who are all also playing this week. But, of course, Fulham, Leeds and Arsenal aren't really playing anyone who has the pedigree of someone mm. like Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, so in the in the last four matches, so same period, he's um, third best for minutes per expected goal involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, he's second in the league for shots on target. He's joint top for big chances. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's guaranteed to score because, of course, he had similar stats going into the North London derby and didn't. But when you make these captaincy decisions, you are... I mean, I'm the kind of person that feels a lot more comfortable captaining a player with, with those sort of stats mm-hmm. so that when it doesn't go well, then you can only really blame... Harry Kane or yeah. Jose Mourinho or someone else other than yourself. Um, the stats for him are very good. Now, the only thing that slightly concerns me a little bit about Spurs is it is definitely worth holding on to see what happens with um, Son mm-hmm. and his injury latest because he is a massive part of what makes Spurs' attack tick at the moment because he has... Now, everyone's role in the Spurs team, I feel like, has shifted considerably over the last 12 months. Um, there was a point when Harry Kane was the creative force. That seems to have subsided a little bit um you know he's still you know six crunch six key passes last four two big chances created you know that's not bad for a forward yeah. for a forward um but son has just absolutely skyrocketed to be the creative outlet for this team so in the last four matches of of players who are in action in game week 29 he's behind only Rafinha for total key mm-hmm. passes with 10 this son um and he's miles ahead for big chances created with six which is um double second uh, place uh, who are Ollie Watkins and, and Jacob Murphy yeah. um, so if they don't have Stone then there is a part of me that thinks maybe Kane doesn't get the, the delivery that um, that we need him to get for him to do well um, it's annoying because yeah. even if he's not classed as fit I'm pro- I'll probably still captain Kane anyway yeah. but it is very much at the back of my mind in terms of the fact that there's a doubt over Son makes me think about are there upsides of some, some maybe some other players, but of course the pool for that is quite limited. Yeah, I mean that that's what I'm looking at really. It's it's if it was a normal game week and you think oh well I might go for a Chelsea asset, um, you know I might take a, um, a look at I don't know a, a Liverpool attacker, a Manchester United Fernandez for example, but we haven't got, we haven't got those. I mean it's it's. In terms of, so I'm putting some stats up on the screen for each each match we're going to talk about. Um, we've got these are last four, which is all all the stats you've been talking about as well. The last four matches, 
and so I've filtered the by expected goal involvement and Kane is far and away the best option if you if you go by expected goal involvement and you mentioned some of those other stats about shooting on target as well and creating chances and big chances as well um, but his expected goal involvement is nearly four goals which is far higher than anyone else it's almost double I think the, the next one certainly in this fixture Bale is your next bet he's expected to have been involved in two goals in fact score four um, Son is your creative man yeah 10 chances created expected to be involved in a couple of goals mainly through the assists really and then you, and then in this match and we're going to see with the other matches as well you, you, you're you at the barrel scraping time in terms of the captaincy you've got Watkins Ollie Watkins no big chances expected to be involved in about one and a half two goals maybe no goals um, so possibly underperformed but without Grealish so Grealish is going to be the key. Grealish is going to unlock Villa's creativity and attack. So Watkins could be an option if you're a Maverick captaincy punter. Um, Triore, um, I think he, he collided with the advertising hoardings in the last game, I think. So um, uh, whether he's fit again. El Ghazi is an option. But once again, we're talking about captaincy here um, for that. It's just Kane is far and away. Um, got a picture up there of Son being taken off injured. Will he be fit? Won't he? I, I think, judging by Mourinho, we're never going to know. And even whatever he says, I don't believe it. He could say he's out for a month and then he'll turn up and rack up four assists for four Kane goals. He could say he's absolutely fine and then not show up and turns out he's out for two months. We don't know. Um, and that's what you're well, getting. The handy, the handy thing is this week we've got the Europa League. So yeah. um, that is helpful because it gives us just an additional sort of, it's like a sneak peek, isn't it? Of yeah. what we can expect. It means we get two press conferences so we can maybe track his progress um, a little bit more. I mean, the way it will work probably is that we'll get a press conference on Wednesday about Son mm. ahead of the Thursday game. Then we'll get maybe some pre-match comments if he is or is not involved. Then we'll get some post-match comments because chances are, because this has happened a fair few times recently, that the post-match for the Europa League uh, acts and, and as a double-up Mm-hmm. so that it's also the pre-match for the, the following game. Okay. So they will be the windows in the week when you can have a look at Son. So it's worth keeping an eye on that. But just while we're on the subject of Son, it's worth pointing because there will be lots of people who haven't, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still in over 50% of the teams, I think. I think he should probably still be talked about in the captaincy conversation if uh, Mourinho says in his Wednesday press conference that he is fit. Mm-hmm. If, he's, if he's like, he's fine then I think he all of a sudden yeah. comes into the, the conversation because uh, we've already talked about his assist potential, which is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of goes without saying. But also Villa's defence um, is a little bit set up to be a bit more susceptible to the right-hand side oh. of their, mm-hmm. them. So it means the left-hand side of Spurs. Um, in the last four matches, they've conceded 12 down their left, 10 through the middle mm-hmm. and 14 down their right. And um, it's not it's not awful but it's still not great either because they are a joint fourth worst for that stat so okay. in the last four matches the teams that have conceded the most down their right hand side are Newcastle with 23 mm. West Ham with 19 Leeds with 15 Villa with 14 so if Son's going to play I feel like he will have a lot of space to operate and uh, you know provide his best game so um, as I said all completely dependent on yeah. whether or not he's fit but don't yeah. overlook him we'll, we'll discuss that a bit more on the scoutcast later but obviously yeah I mean it, it yeah, the stats, the fixture, it all points to Kane as the best captaincy. And if you are an effective ownership nut, which is um, it takes into account the captaincy, he, whatever his ownership is by that deadline of game week 29, pretty much I would say almost all his owners are probably going to captain him. Um, 
basically he's going to be well over 100%. Well, well, well over. So if you don't captain him, every single point Kane gets is a red arrow for you in that particular fixture. So um, if you want, just to be safe, just to get through the week, he's the sensible strategic choice for captaincy. Um, so, but there are other options, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So let's move on. Fulham and Leeds. This looks like the maverick's choice, really. Um, Rafina for Leeds would be my pick. Um, and Madger for, for Fulham, I think, would be um, an option there. And the figures we've got on the stream uh, there for expected goal involvement. Rafina is expected to be involved in a couple of goals. He's had a, a big chance. He's been involved in one goal, but he's created 11 chances and seven shots inside the box. So, I mean, he is due <laughs> um, by the underlying stats. And um, Maja at, uh, you know, in, in attack, two big chances, expected to be involved in a couple of goals. He hasn't actually scored and he's had a couple of um, chances created there. But we've seen Leeds' um, defence. Um, they did work well against Chelsea, but can they travel and do that in London, which they haven't done so far? So what do you reckon? The Mavericks' choice of fixture for the captaincy? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think the the London thing is, is is a weird one. I mean, yeah, Bielsa seemingly can't seem to do it against London teams. Mm. But I mean, I think with this week, I wouldn't be surprised if he struggled again because um, Fulham have defended really well recently. I mean, I've got to be honest, I wouldn't be tremendously shocked if this game's a nil-nil um, just because of the way that Fulham have played recently. I know that they kind of capitulate against Man City, but I think, the, you know, the best of us would. Mm. Um, um in the last four matches, Fulham's uh, XGC is 4.81, which is, I think, ninth highest in, uh, or ninth best, I should say, in the league. But prior to facing Man City, they were in the top five. And it's not exactly unheard of for teams to have decent expected goal conceded stats, then face Man City, and all of a sudden they get skewed in one direction. Um, without Bamford, I, yeah, I mean, we, we don't, we haven't really seen Leeds play without him as a centre forward too often this season. So if, um, if, if Leeds are going into this game without Bamford, then arguably I think that, that has to sort of make Rafinha less of a decent option than before, even though Bamford, I know, can miss a fair number of big chances. But I think, generally speaking, Leeds as a team are very good at missing big chances. I mean, anyone who's owned Rafinha recently will know how annoying it has been to own him because he, he really should be posting massive, massive falls every week. But what's kind of letting him down is everyone around him. Um, you know, it's it, we, we don't mind so much when our guy goes through and hits the side netting because he's done that once or twice. But it's when Rafinha is creating ridiculously high number of chances every game. And um, yeah, Liam Cooper just—I think he got three shots on target in one game, all of them, you know, saved by the goalkeeper or blocked by a defender or whatever. Um, as I said, Bamford is is guilty of missing these, even if he plays. Um, you know, we could see him spurning some chances. So for me, I probably wouldn't look to a Leeds player. Personally, because for me, the best kind of maverick decisions are when you unearth some kind of um, statistical um, kind of little um, opportunity mm. that perhaps other people haven't seen. And so then for me, what I, I can't see that for Fulham, really, because they have defended so well, with the exception of the City game. But if anything, I think what happened in that game will make Scott Parker kind of even more determined to make sure they get back to their best for this game. So... Yeah, for all I know, Leeds will go and score three goals now. But it's just in terms of predicting what feels like uh, a decision that you should make mm -hmm. um, for this game. It's just there isn't enough there for me no. to suggest okay. that that I could guarantee there's going to be a big haul in either direction, to yeah. be perfectly honest. Because so, even though Leeds' defence, you know, you can't trust Fulham to score goals either. So, 
No, no for me, I reckon, this one. Yeah, okay. Well, that's um, so not a rival for Kane, to put it mildly. Um, let's move on. West Ham against Arsenal. So, well, you know, we've got some better better teams in terms of attack and defence. Um, Odegaard, Aubameyang, possibly for Arsenal. Um, the Aubameyang deal is that he was... Um, reportedly late for training and this is something he's got a habit of doing and was disciplined by being moved to the bench uh, for the North London derby um, that matter apparently has been dealt with and now he is um, you know free to go so there's no reason to suggest apart from normal rotation that you get with Arsenal that Aubameyang won't start um, the, the figures we've got on here expected goal involvement again Antonio for West Ham he's your man expected to be involved in three goals had three big chances and Aubameyang um, as expected to be involved in three goals. As he said, in fact, he scored four. So um, those two, perhaps, dare I say, Jesse, young Jesse Lingard could be um, an option for the Maverick captaincy punters out there. Um, yeah, what do you think? Is this, is this a bit better, a bit more of a rivalry for, for Kane, for the captaincy? Yeah, no, I think this fixture is the one that, for me, has the most uh, viable alternatives to um, a Spurs asset. Um mm. Jesse Lingard actually is, I think, my favourite from who's available here. Um, you know, dare I say it? Um, as as everyone knows, I love looking at the uh, the, the stats tables, and and he's been performing really well on them basically ever since he arrived at West Ham. So if we look at the last four matches, uh, the person in the Premier League with the most shots on target in that period of time is Jesse Lingard with eight. Mm. Um, his, the quality of the chances that are coming his way are relatively decent as well. So he's had three big chances, um, which is um, joint second best for anyone playing in game week 29. Um, he's had uh, nine shots in the box. You know, again, we're in similar territory there. Um, he's um, Aubameyang's had nine as well. And then the only players above him in the last in their last four matches for shots in the box Ian Acho, Ashley Barnes and Callum Wilson, who two of those definitely aren't playing and Callum Wilson probably isn't playing. So, you know, of the people who are involved, he is a persistent, he's one of the most persistent shooters. Um, he's one of the most persistently getting bigger chances and he's one of the most accurate as well. 61% uh, shot accuracy. And that, that to me is, is quite exciting. And of course, he um, plays on the left-hand side of West Ham's attack. And while Arsenal's defence isn't dreadful, um, it is clear there is a slight skew to their their right-hand side that is worse than their left-hand yeah. side. So I'm sort of pointing a finger here at Bellerin and uh, Cedric, I suppose, as opposed to Tierney. Tierney is obviously... Mm. I mean, I think we all agree he's a better, um, just a better player than, than those, those two in terms of a complete player defensively and going forward. Mm. So in the last four matches, Arsenal conceded six chances down their left. They've conceded seven through the middle and ten down their right. As I said, it's not awful. It's about mid-table, that yeah. stat of 10 down the right. But it's just, there's a clear leaning towards the fact that they are worse at defending their right-hand side. West Ham are clearly more effective on their left because of Lingard. So I think there's a nice little match-up there for, for Lingard. Um, you know, and the form that he's in, he has been quite um, consistently delivering points. He looks good whenever yeah. he plays. Whenever he played for Man United against Arsenal, it was a team that he did well against. So I think... Um, if we're looking for what we were talking just now about a maverick pick, for me, ma the best maverick picks are, point are highlighting some of those stats I just mentioned mm. and then backing that yeah. rather than something else. So that, to me, looks exciting. But as I said, this match itself, I think, still lends itself to an additional captain, perhaps maybe with a Bamiyang mm. as well. Again, it's another really quite nice matchup. Now, it sort of depends on where he's going to be involved because he has played through the middle. Uh, but Lacazette obviously got his goal in the North London derby. So, 
you know, I feel like there's still a possibility yeah. that maybe Lacazette could play for the middle, perhaps mm. Aubameyang could play on the left. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, no. but it could. Uh, in the last four matches, Aubameyang, in terms of minutes per goal, minutes per goal involvement, he's the best of anyone who's involved in game week 29. He's second only to Ian Acho, of course, isn't playing. So his minutes per expected goal involvement is actually better than Kane's now, one every 91.4 minutes. Um, you know, he's had four big chances in in the last four matches as well. So that's the that's the joint best of anyone playing in this particular game week. And then again, without wanting to sound like a broken record here, there is a nice matchup for West Ham's uh, defence for him mm-hmm. because in the last four matches, West Ham have conceded 19 chances down their right, uh, which is so foul's flank. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only team to have conceded more over the same period is Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really think anyone is going to be going for a left-sided Brighton player. No. <laughs> um, you know, a left-sided Arsenal player is perhaps maybe one that's more looking at. But to be honest, even on that subject, Kieran Tini is definitely going to play on the yeah. left. So... There is, there's going to be joy for Arsenal down their left against West Ham's right. And mm. I feel there'll be joy down uh, West Ham's left, down Arsenal's right. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot of areas exposed in this game that could create quite an open-ended game. And yeah. that usually ends up with players of high ceilings. So I think both Lingard and Aubameyang can uh, have a good, yeah, uh, good week this weekend. Yeah, it's Lingard I'm looking at over Antonio. And if I was minded not to captain Kane, I have to caveat that all the time. But if you are the kind of manager that wants to ignore Kane for the captaincy... Lingard and Aubameyang, I think, are the the standouts this week in terms of present form. Um, a lot, a lot with Lingard's going to depend on Cresswell, um, and he's just he's still doing well. I mean, he's in so many teams, um, and some people. So Cresswell's important for the captaincy this week because a lot of he's in a lot of teams. So those with Cresswell might think, oh, I don't want to captain Aubameyang, but I think for a player like Cresswell, you're getting him in for the attacking threat, and so you won't mind the clean sheet going. Be nice if you kept it. But so, you know, I think you're happy to captain Aubameyang against Cresswell. I don't think that's a problem. Cresswell has had 24 crosses and 12 corners, created five chances. In terms of corners and crosses, that's, you know, at, over the last four game weeks. And that's that's more than any other. He's the most creative West Ham player. And Lingard's the most potent at the moment in terms of scoring. There we go. Get those two in and Aubameyang. And I think and you've got to hope. And you, well, that's what you have to do with these fixtures. You have to, you have to hope. For the best, and I think in terms of the captaincy, as you said, Lingard and Aubameyang. What about Antonio? I'm I'm not even considering getting him in, let alone captaining him. Are you? I mean, he's top of this poll. Expected goal involvement's the highest last four out of any player in this match. But you're not considering him at all for the captaincy. Well, it's I mean, it's a tricky question. I think it depends on your team because obviously I'm sat here with Bamford yeah. and Watkins, and my I, I have Calvert Lewin right now, but I have the cash to get Kane, so mm. I'm expecting to have Kane. Bamford, Watkins, because they're the players yeah. that have suited the weeks coming into this particular one. Um, so, no, I'm not planning on getting him in, but that doesn't, of course, necessarily mm. mean that he's a bad option. Um, the expect- he, he is very good at getting in the right areas at the right time. That's why his expected goal involvement is so high. West Ham are quite good at getting the ball into the six-yard box or um, somewhere close to it within the penalty box. So, if you have an opening up front, um, i yeah, I don't think uh, mm. Antonio is, is a bad shot at all, and, and he tends to do better than you expect in the in the the big games yeah. against the the bigger teams. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked if he gets something in this one. Okay. It's just I feel I feel like a lot of people have a lot more space in their squad for Lingard yeah. than they do for Antonio, just because of who we all own. Like Salah doesn't mm-hmm. play, Fernandez doesn't play, yeah. De Bruyne, Sterling. You know the. There's a lot of openings in midfield and there isn't in up front, unfortunately. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, still Kane, but obviously there are some Maverick options there, particularly in that match. And then there's Brighton, my team. Brighton against Newcastle. I put this at the end. Um, 
Okay, in terms of they are, as we know, Brian are the expected goal champions. Expected goal conceded, they're, they're great. Um, and in terms of expected goals they meant to score, absolutely amazing. Reality doesn't happen. They don't, they fluff their chances, they always concede. <laughs> so that's the way it is. Um, so in terms of the captaincy, you've got to be a proper maverick for this one. This is barrel scraping time. Expected goal involvement. If you expect goals in this, you're basically looking at Gross or Trossard. They're your options. And if you don't want to captain them, which most people won't, just ignore it. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we wrap up, what Brian Newcastle, any captaincy options in this game? I think no. And I, <laughs> and I think I'm going to go, I mean, this is real barrel scraping time where I'm going to say I actually would rather, I think, captain a Brighton defender than an attacker. And I know yeah. I'm not going to do it because we all remember no. when we all went on the Shane, Shane Duffy, Duffy memo. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, well, I want to say beautiful in the same way that I don't know, like mm. an exploding neutron star is beautiful. Um, <laughs> But for for me, it's just it's just Newcastle's um, you know lack of attacking options that that makes me say that is you know no uh, Saint Maximan we we think we're pretty sure there'll be no Almiron and we're pretty sure there'll be no Callum Wilson um, and so then that feels like if there's ever going to be a time when Brighton can actually deliver on their expected goals conceded, mm. you'd feel like this is the more likely of those occasions. Yeah. And then within the defence, there are some you know there are some options I feel can get attacking returns in this because. Um, Newcastle uh, not too hot at defending headers. So last four matches have conceded 13 headed goal attempts. And of course, that's how Lewis Dunk makes a living. Mm. And, uh, you know, credit to him. So, you know, I, I think if he gets something in game week 29, I will not be shocked. Um, then, so then that's a, that's a fixture reason why I like Dunk. Mm. Um, uh, a form reason why I like Veltman is um, I, I'm, I've, I've, I've been impressed with him for a, a little while anyway. Um, because he seems to have filled that Lamptey role quite, um, yeah. you know, quite well. Um, he's obviously got it nailed on now because Lamptey's out for the rest of the season, and it, it involves him getting into a, a, you know, a large number of dangerous um, positions. So he's had 11 penalty t- penalty box touches in uh, the last four matches, which uh, is more than any other Brighton defender uh, who's, who's played. Anyway, I think Lamptey's ahead of that, but of course he's injured. Um, and in terms of what he contributes, he has a nice mixture of a little bit of creativity, a little bit of goal for it. So he's created three chances, one big chance. So six shots in the box. Two of those have been big chances, which actually is pretty good for a defender to get two big chances and two shots on target. Um, and then when we just look at the expected goals for him, expected goal involvement for that period, there are about four or five defenders who are ahead of him for expected goal involvement. But um, of those, only um, well, actually, I think he's the only one playing other than Liam Cooper. Although of course he's a doubt as well. So um, his expected goal involvement is 0.95. Those ahead of him are Alonso, Courtney Hawes. Masuaku, Cancelo, Cooper, Alexander-Arnold and Justin. So he's considerably more nailed on to actually play than those guys. And and prior to the most recent game week, when you looked at last four matches mm. before game week 28, he was actually top of all defenders for expected goal involvement. So, because um, I know that some people will be eyeing up, do I go Dunk or Veltman? And some people might feel like, oh, I've got the extra cash to spend on Dunk. Um, but arguably, it's close, to be fair, because I think Dunk can score a header in this one. Um, I think, despite being the cheaper one, Veltman possibly the the better one if you're looking for a defender that has clean sheet potential, but also attacking threat from open play. Yeah, I think I so, think the only I the like only him. caveat with Veltman I would say is that if Dan Byrne is out, we've got an image of Dan Byrne up. Um, if he is out, then they might go for another alternative at left back, 
um, which was Zakiri, who is uh, the, uh, if you look on the Brighton transfer listing, he's, he's a striker, he's cheap. <laughs> um, and uh, therefore Pascal Gross was playing on the other flank in the, and there was three at the black. He was playing right wing back and Veltman was shifted to the left of the central three centre back pairings, which basically, so his attacking threat went whoom, <laughs> down. <laughs> so all that had went before will go if you see a three at the back with Veltman as one of the three centre-backs alongside Lewis Dunk. In that case, I would say Lewis Dunk is the one. But anyway, I think he would be anyway in this fixture because, as you said, he's just the aerial threat there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I would I would favour, just because we don't know what's going to happen with the formation for this particular one, Dunk over Veltman. But yeah, I mean, yeah, last four, and if Veltman is playing in a full-back role... Yeah, he is a better option, but I don't know whether that's going to happen. It's hard to tell. It's Potter rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, before we wrap up, I'm just going to put some other figures up. Um, we'll look at these uh, more in detail at the Scoutcast. But these are expected goals and uh, big chance and big and big chances conceded. So the top one is the best attack essentially, and the bottom one is best defence over the last four. So obviously you can see the likes of City, Chelsea, Manchester United. We're not bothered with them. <laughs> All we're interested in the teams we've got for Game Week 29. And you can see there that Brighton are the XG champions. So if you think, if you want to captain a player, this is why I would probably go for either Gross or Trossard because, because their attack is so strong for this particular fixture. Then you've got Arsenal and Tottenham and West Ham. So these are the attacks. These are the captaincy you should look at. And in terms of big chances conceded, the best ones here um, are, are Brighton. So don't captain a Newcastle player. Um, West Ham, which makes me think Aubameyang could have could have problems. It makes me think I don't know enough to not want a captain. And then Tottenham there. So basically, I'm not interested in Villa for the captaincy. So I just, I just thought they're useful to put in just to see, you know, who are the form attacks and who are the form defences in terms of who's going to haul or not. Um, but yeah, we go back to the beginning. Kane, bye. Um, and I think that's the way we should leave it. Um, David, good luck with your decision to captain Kane. And um, goodbye. Cheers, Joe. And I hope Kane does well for you as well.